I'm Tommy Cows, and this is Dragonheart. <laughs> there you go. Hello and welcome to the first Dragonheart of the season. Mark, I am right in thinking that this is the first Dragonheart in the Football League ever. This is, whoa, what a time to be alive. A, a fantastic time. You may or may not be able to tell, this is the second take. So... Well, they wouldn't have been able to tell if you hadn't said. No. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I mean, how many times so have something about, so well, this be the take of this before? <laughs> on bloopers. Unbelievable, uh, isn't it? We will be releasing the first take on Dragonheart after dark. Uh, <laughs> Yikes! Cool, I wonder if, I'm like the first take, you're going to introduce yourself and us. Yes, I will. Okay. In, in in this second take, I will be introducing. I am Bill Long. This is Neil Williams, and this is Mark Griffiths. We're going to be talking a little bit about the U.S. tour, uh, which was a, a roaring success for the most part. We're going to have a little talk about transfers, kit reviews, and. Our little season preview, especially matches coming up with MK Don starting on Saturday. This is Dragonheart. I'm Luke Young, and this is Dragonheart. Before we get started, guys, how excited are we for the new season? May or April seems such a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long, long couple of months and waiting for this season to start. You know, back in the Football League, it's you know, such a great feeling that we actually got back to, to, to League Two, which we haven't been since 2008. So uh, uh, I'm sure the fans on Saturday will be all anticipating, you know, a great game again. Um, yeah, I, I really can't wait till Saturday. I mean, it's like Christmas, isn't it? It's, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's funny. I've, I've never had a season that's lasted three years before, or at least it felt like it last year because of the tension. And then it, it, that, that like waiting period seems to have just carried on, doesn't it, Mark? It's, it's drag. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? I yeah. mean, I'm wondering whether next year it won't feel quite so sort of pressured because we no longer have that thing of being lower than we should be. Yeah, uh, and also that sense we had in the last couple of seasons because Stockport and Notts County were so good of every drop point as a disaster. Yeah. Whereas now we've got a league where three teams go up automatically, then yeah. there's playoffs, there's four spots going up. And I like those maths. It now feels like, you know, don't be wrong, I want us to get 113 points, but I like the idea of, okay, we drew at home, it's not a disaster. It's yeah, exactly, and I, mean, I think you could make a very good case for the fact that you know, us and Notts County had record-breaking seasons because we had to yeah. fight for that first spot. Yeah. You know, fair play to Notts County for, for getting through, through the playoffs, it's, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not a, a, a given, even if you're finishing this kind of season that they had as we knew from when we finished on 98 points. Um, so it does make me wonder that whether this year we will quite reach the heights in terms of points that we did last year because... Okay, like you say, if we draw a game, we can still finish third. You know, you could come to the end of the season, a lot of the, our international listeners might not know if you don't know the Football League, but quite often, same happens with the Premier League. Championship teams going up to the Premier League, people don't really care whether they're champions or not, do they? They just want to get promoted, so finishing third is as valuable as finishing first, really. Absolutely. I, yeah. I would say, though, I mean, I'd be astonished if we got to three figures in terms of points. Yeah. I think we're a great team. I, I, I have every faith in this side, um, and I'm 
confident about our promotion chances as well. But we are up a division. And although yeah. I think the bottom end of League Two is Definitely. quite weak, the top end isn't. I mean, look on Saturday, you know, Milton Keynes were in League One last year. Okay, they didn't have a good campaign. Yeah. They brought in a couple of good players up. And you sort of look, you know, that's the sort of yeah. level of sides we're looking to overcome. Plus, not counting Stockwell County. I love that some of the narrative is going to be great. Yeah, they, they are, aren't they? You've got a proper um, rivalry with Notts County and Stockwell County now. Grimsby after that playoff. Yeah. And then, then you've got our actual traditional uh, geographical local teams like yeah. Crew and Tramia that yeah. we're going to be playing yeah. that really spice things up. It's a, it's a much more interesting division, isn't it? You know, we've all been... I think kind of like the way I look at the, the National League is a little bit like Stockholm Syndrome. Like I fell, I fell in love with a lot of aspects <laughs> of the National League yeah. because we were there for so long. We'd been held hostage or felt <laughs> like we'd been held hostage. And you start to see the charm in some of these clubs, but now we're actually going to be going to proper football grounds every week, aren't we? Maybe not everyone's going to proper football ground. There may be one or two that's quite not, not going to name um, them, but... Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair deal. But those, those are teams that we've seen... Yeah, yeah. And they have. The they definitely have, today. yeah. So definitely, definitely three of them have, yeah. Yeah, definitely so. <laughs> really specific. Yeah. We'll let you exactly. figure out who the three are. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny to mention Stockholm Syndrome because I was in Stockholm last week mm -hmm. and I've, I've got to be honest and say it, it doesn't, didn't remind me of Hyde at all. Of what? Hyde. Oh, right. Geisley. I should have said Geisley. Um, I'd actually forgotten about Hyde as a club. It yeah, took me yeah. a second to Fair process. Enough. But anyone who, who hasn't been to Hyde, it, their ground is literally built on a le you know on the side of a leisure centre. So um, yeah, Stockholm was more aesthetically pleasing. And then Hyde, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, fair. <laughs> I won't say any more about Stockholm because I don't want to let the cat out of the bag in terms of our. You know, transfer targets. <laughs> yeah, you've been on Hunter, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. no, 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 no yeah, you've been right throughout Sweden and you're just viewing every team playing, looking for a new striker for the team. Well, I've been up and down Sweden doing yep. stuff, certainly. Anyway, going back to the Football League, I think the, this, <laughs> this season the pressure's off us. Or is, or is it? No, I, I, it? No, I mean, we, we, we've, got, we, we've got to the Football League and I think... That pressure that the play—I mean, Mullin said, you know, time and time again—that they do feel that pressure. And by, I think now the pressure will be far less. Um, I mean, yeah, every every game is going to be there's some bigger clubs in in this league. You know, look at Bradford. You know, they have eighteen thousand home home games. You know, there's some yeah. big teams in there. Um, but I, I genuinely feel that the pressure's off us. We've got a good enough squad to basically continue where we left off last season. Um, you know, and, and as you said, it, you know, the odd loss or draw, it's, it's not going to be the end of the day, you know, and somebody said to me, it'd be interesting, you know, if the fans start moaning, if we make a few losses, and I think, no, you know, this, we've got to find our feet, you know, in this league, and, we, you know, we'd be playing stronger opposition, but as Mark said, you know, the lower end of League Two is very similar to the top end of, of the, the National League, there's not a, a, a huge difference in, in um, playing ability between the, you know, the, those two halves of the leagues. Um, yeah, but for the tough half are, are, are going to be a tough, as you, you mentioned, like the Stockports, the Tramiers, the Bradfords, Grimsby, they're, they're all going to be tough games. But, you know, we went through all last season at the race course without losing. And I, you know, with the fans behind us at the race course, I can see us, you know, hopefully carrying on that. Even if we draw on Saturday, MK Dons is going to be a huge test for us because, as Mark said, they've come down a league and we've gone up a league. So, in reality, this time last year, we were two, two leagues apart. So, um, it's... It's really interesting 
um, because the year we got relegated, they went up to League One, mm-hmm. yeah. and now we've met each other back in the in the same position. Um, which it's a it's a it's a strange little narrative, isn't it? And we don't have a great great uh, history against them either. I don't think. We don't have a great history, do they? Really? No, but no. as in <laughs> games played, you know, I think we've yeah. only uh, yeah. won one. Won one, drawn one, lost and lost four. four. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I have a particular bead my bonus with MK Dons. Yeah, we all do, don't we? For a relegation, mm-hmm. as well as what you're saying, two 0 Yeah. Um, because I sort of feel like inadvertently they started off our decline into non-league because when we were relegated in 2005 um, we actually finished five points above yeah. relegation but had ten points taken off us yeah. for going to administration. Long story I've told many times but basically I felt that we should have won that appeal because we had a different reason from normal we had administration to save our club um, and yeah. Kidons would have decided to benefit from that because they would have gone down if we had another ten points off that's not their fault. No. But uh, I still feel... There's a niggle there, isn't it, Mark? There's a niggle there. And uh, we, we don't need to go into it in great detail on this podcast, but there are other avenues. If you want to learn a little bit about MK Dons, and you will find that they're not particularly the most liked club in the country, I think is fair to say. Especially when we uh, play Wimbledon the following Saturday. Yeah, away. yeah that's really... It's, it's a, Which is really spooky. This, this, yeah. this next week is, is absolutely full of narratives, isn't it? You know, it's, and, and, it's, um, and at some point, they're obviously going to be playing each other in the league as well, which, you know... Yeah. Um, but I think... Gun-to-your-head scenario. Oh, I'm Stockholm Syndrome Syndrome again. Where do you see us finishing by the end of the season. I know it's very early to say and, and transfer activity has been a bit slow so far, but... Lowest point in the playoffs, but I can see us getting the automatic promotion. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think I'm in the same sort of position as you, Neil. How are you feeling, Mark? I feel confident. Not as confident as I am in Neil's pig that he's going to be showing tomorrow. <laughs> I didn't um, say I was confident in that. <laughs> well, you should. Show pride in your pig. I do show pride in the pig, yes. What are you going to do I, when you get home tonight? I've been, training, I've been training around the field for the last few weeks. Oh, what? Training yep. around the field? Yep. Make sure she walks in a straight line, holds her head up. Nice. You, you know, showing herself head. up, you know? You know yeah, yeah, go so put a book in her head. Yep, yep, exactly, yep. So, and what are you going to do tonight when you get, when you get back from recording this? You brought this up too early. You should have been in the end. I've got to go and, and shampoo the pig before <laughs> I take it to the show tomorrow at Burberton, which is in South Shropshire, voted the best agricultural one-day show in the country. And then I've got to do it all again on Saturday at Otter Street. And still go to the game. And still go to the game on Saturday. Oh, I know. After shampooing, I've got to, I've got to oil her up so she shines. Okay. <laughs> Too much information there. Glazed pig. You can actually get special pig oil. Pig oil. And you rub it over so she glistens. (laughs) Would you like some, Mark? Oh, man. That that was just the impression. Oh, man. Bit of pig oil, bit of pepper. Yep. Oh, stick a Rex and And as you know, I've got to get on before dark because I've got no electricity in witches. So. exactly. You'll never be able to find I'll have to use my torchlight on my phone. Ball that you dropped on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, genu- genuinely, Mark, where do you think we'll finish up this season? Um, I think we'll finish third or fourth. Oh. Well, that's Keith, wasn't it? That's Who will be ahead of oh, us then in the league? We'll come second. Not Scouncy will win it. We'll come you reckon? Second. Just for a laugh. 
just let them have it. You okay. know, we let, they let the sample ask them. It, it's, been, it's been really <laughs> interesting to see that it, it's almost become like the 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 football hipster opinion to think Notts County are going to finish above us yeah. because there's that perception. And do not get me wrong, I've got a hell of a lot of admiration for Notts County as a team. They ran the, ran us, you know, incredibly close last year. If not for a, a Ben Foster penalty save in the dying minutes, could have won the league last year. Let's be honest, if they'd have got that point and then the way results went after that, who, who knows? But um, I just don't understand where this narrative comes from that they're this free-flowing, ticky-tack aside that are going to steamroll League Two, and we we're gonna we're gonna falter. I mean, they were actually on evidence us against better in quotation marks teams. We've been more successful. We had a good cup run, and, and they didn't particularly. Which maybe they didn't take the cups as seriously, but I just think our style of football suits playing against teams that are better than us. I have a question about softballs as well. We could tell now that I'd given no thought to where we'd finish, because now I'm going to disagree with myself. Um, Stockport stuttered at the end of the season, I thought. I thought that we did well sort of blotting out the, the twin threats of Bostock and Rodriguez and a box midfield. And I don't know if we were the first ones to think of it, but the teams that played them after that did it and did it really effectively. And they became, they went from, if you will, ticky-tacker to being a bit stodgy um, yeah. and, and, and passing too slowly and struggling to break teams down. And Langstaff was criticised for not scoring much at the end of the season, but to be fair to him, the supply was cut off him. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder whether that's going to be something that will, you know, they'll find difficult again next season. Yeah. Have, have they replaced Rodriguez? Well, they so brought in the Goldrick, the haven't they? So a different type of player, but yeah. Yeah, they didn't have a, player. didn't yeah. have a plan B, did they, when they played against us at all? You know, we shut everything down and they, they just didn't know what to do. They scored their two goals from set pieces, really, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And, and the free yeah. kick shouldn't have... Shouldn't have been a free been, kick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Williams is has <coughs> done a brilliant job as manager with them, mm. but it's a bit of a challenge now to see how if you can adjust things a little. And you know, you could argue the high line by the end of the season was something the teams were exploiting. Now I know that's always possible with a high line, and we've seen things like when Klopp's Liverpool at their peak got destroyed by Aston Villa. You know, it's a high risk approach. But I would argue Liverpool don't get picked apart that much. I know yeah. last season maybe a bit because it wasn't they were they, well they Klopp acknowledges it's not quite right for them but I, I just wonder whether that desire to play that particular way we so wedded to it that cute teams could exploit them like we did in that game. It's I, I saw um, a Stockport fan talking on online I can't remember if it was Twitter or, or somewhere else but they were saying that you know the the, the top somewhere between six and eight of the National League are a very similar quality to everybody else in League Two, mm. but every single team in League Two is at least that quality. And they, yeah, they beat everyone just like we beat everyone, so it's hard to say too much, but that you could, you know, that, that, that game against Chesterfield in the playoffs, if it were not for the Chesterfield players just running out a little bit of steam, they were the best side for yeah, 120 true. minutes of that game, I thought. <laughs> not, not to criticise Notts County because they went and got the job done, but I thought, Chest, you know, you get that a team like Chesterfield can do that to them, but they're playing teams like that every week. How are they, are they going to cope? I think, I think they'll do perfectly fine. I just don't like that narrative that we're going to do worse than them automatically because suddenly... 
that it's like a, a popular to be like, oh yeah, but Notts County play really nice football, you know, so. But look at the Stockport in the playoffs. I mean, they look good, but that's the sort of standard of the best team that they didn't go up last season. And they didn't look particularly different from when they played against us. No. Oh, and that, which was a high standard. I mean, not, I'm not being critical at all, but that's the level we've been playing at. We're a better team now than we were then. Yeah. So, hmm. It'll be interesting. Yeah. It will be very interesting. The test will come on Saturday. You see, it's going to be a tough test, I think, on Saturday. Massively, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then after that game, we move on on Tuesday to our glorious return to the uh, Carabao Cup. Cup. The Carabao Cup. Carabao. Oh, at the, uh, <laughs> playing our first fixture at the Stoke Kairas for a, a, a cup game against Wigan, who, am I right in saying they've just come down from the Championship? Right. Uh, yeah. Have, yet. have yet. Under the massive new floodlights. Oh, be well. That would be nice, wouldn't it, yeah. to see them in action, see what... It'd be nice to actually see the opposite corner to where... There was a few, few times <laughs> we did say, you know, that part of the pitch looks really dark. Uh, do, you, do you know what, I, I never really understood why everyone used to complain uh, being sat behind the, the, the goal, but I suppose we're under sort of some floodlights, yeah. maybe we've got the light there. The, the game against Yeovil at the yeah. very end of last year, the last night game under the, those floodlights, I was sat in the... Um, in the, I can't remember the sponsor's name, Repsol Live Stand, there we go. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely started to understand why, stand why some people can't see, because there was a couple of corners, I'm like, who's on the, who's on the ball there? Anthony Ford scored, no, well, no, it was Anthony Ford in that case, but yeah, weird one. Well, after this, we're gonna go back in time a little bit and talk about the uh, US tour. I'm Mia Roberts and this is Dragon The US tour, what an experience for the players and everybody who managed to get out there and the international, well the American fans, but I know some people come from other parts of the, the world too, uh, watching the US. Um, very jealous of everyone who got out there. Very hot while they're out there as well, uh, yeah, very hot, in San yeah. Diego, but yeah, to, to hear the Unreal to hear American fans cheering and shouting for Wrexham you know, in America. I mean, we would never have thought about that three years ago. But yeah. what was there, 50,000 at the first game against Chelsea? Yeah. And a good proportion of those fans were there for Wrexham, yep. which was phenomenal. It's, it's absolutely surreal. Just, I mean, I tried to stay up for the first, was the first game, that, there was two games that were 12 at night kickoffs, weren't they? Um, the Chelsea game and the, the Philadelphia Union, both I had to stop at half-time because uh, first one I just fell asleep, second one it was the, the weather delay, wasn't it? We'll get yeah. back onto that later, but yeah, just, just the, the whole experience of, of finding out what our American listeners have to do, of, of being up at some kind yeah. of ungodly hour to, mm. to pay attention to a game of football, it was an interesting experience. Um, a good test for the lads as well. You've seen a lot of people yeah. complain about the fact that we go into America online from a footballing point of view, not the not the tour aspect of it. But I think it's quite misguided because if we'd have played here, we'd have probably played the Liverpool or United or Chelsea under 23s, which is essentially mm -hmm. what we did anyway. Um, and then we'd have played a couple of League One standard clubs, which I think would be 
fair to say that Philadelphia and LA Galaxy's second teams are about sort of League Two, League One standards. So really, I know it's a different style of football, but we've got the kind of preparation footballing-wise that we would have done anyway, I'd say. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Uh, you know, what, what we... A game is a game is a game, I think to a great yeah. extent. So I think a lot of those comments are made because lots of people in Britain are just automatically sniffy about the MLS without bothering to look at it and see how good it is as well. But I, I don't know that those two second teams were quite as strong as that I, I, because they were both of varying strengths because LA Galaxy picked pretty much as a youth team, didn't they? Yeah. And I thought you could see they were tidy players, but ultimately... I, I mean, was, I've got to admit, I didn't watch that game. Yeah. I've only seen the highlights. I mean, it's like, remember when Dean Saunders kept bringing in Premier League teenagers yeah. on loan because he reckoned their superior ability would be terrific, and a lot of them started well, but quickly were ground down by the reality of playing senior football, yeah. and yeah. I think it was a bit like that, they, were, they had some nice touches, nice passing movements, but ultimately they struggled to get their own half because they were trying to keep her on the floor, you know, they'd been well coached, but they weren't able to get through our pressing and ultimately we were a few levels above them whereas I thought Philadelphia Union's second team was a proper second team I assume yeah and they looked much more competitive I thought yeah, they were quick on the ball as well yeah. to be fair. Yeah. but then as you alluded to that whole weather break thing now to be fair a two hour 29 minute half time <laughs> it, you know it's the same for both sides um, but I, I, we also changed our entire team and whether that mattered or just happenstance, I don't know, but they seem to cope much better than we did with having that long break because we came out the second half um, and really weren't at it for quite a while, were we? So Yeah, it was, it was a funny one because I remember about, it's probably close to 10 years ago, do you remember the, when England were due to play Poland and there was a huge oh. thunderstorm and it was a, a <laughs> European qualifier of some sort, I can't remember, and Roy Hodgson came out and said, well, Mid say you watch the England games. I didn't watch it, I just remember it happening. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't tell me with that, Russ. I will do everything I can to avoid an England game. Um, Shocking. The weather, the weather saving for this one. But uh, no, the, all seriousness, they, there was a storm and they, they rearranged it for the day after. And I remember Roy Hodgson was complaining because he said, well, all the players have taken their caffeine, they're not going to sleep tonight, they're going to be tired tomorrow. And I think, like you say, it is the same for both sides. I don't know what the nutritional side is going on for Wrexham, so I wouldn't want to say that they're all pumped up with caffeine. But there is that sort of, you gear yourself up to be playing. The muscles are going to get tired if you've warmed up during that first half. There's going to be that fatigue that sets in, and the, even just like the mental fatigue. Of, yeah, and oh, what, the, when are we starting again? And the time difference as well. It's time been thrown over from the, you know, from the West Coast to the East yeah, Coast. Yeah, and, you know? and he, you know, even Philadelphia's players, I know it was a second string team, but they're probably halfway through their season, so they've got that bit of fitness yeah. behind them that maybe we didn't, so one of those really isn't it yeah i think it was a great pr coup for you know for the american fans you know to see the the t Wrexham team out in america i think it was fantastic you know and see they put a blow up well a tent of the turf there didn't they the turf tent there yeah that was which, cool to be fair you know, <laughs> had, you know rex the dragon was there even it's flown yeah. rex over yeah, yeah. how they got rex on the airplane i don't know but i believe like <laughs> mr t i have to get him drunk first all oh, right okay yeah yeah oh or or maybe he you just know, and flew then, and using his wings. Maybe so, maybe so. And then they did, you know, they went into one of the local hospitals, some of the players, you know. Oh, and, that's fantastic. You know, and sat with the, the cancer patients, the kids, you know. It was great to see that 
the players doing that part of the you know the PR side as well as going in and you know signing autographs for the for the fans. You know, I think it was a great experience for the players and the Wrexham fans who went over it. I know quite a few fans went over from Wrexham as well to watch it. Um, but yeah, I think the heat would have been a killer for you know for, for both teams on on the on the west coast. But um, all in all, I've said you know I'd have liked to have seen them play a couple of games over here. But I think because we've got such a big American fan base now, and I'm sure that will increase again when this second documentary comes out. Um, that it was good for them to see Rex and play live. Yeah, you know, yeah. them to travel two thousand two and a half thousand miles to come and watch them at the race course, and that may draw a lot of those fans over to Wrexham and benefit, you know, the football club, the town and, and the businesses in, in Wrexham to, you know, with all these new fans coming over. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's, it, it, these kind of things can only ever be positive and there's a reason the oh, Premier League do it year yeah. in, year out, isn't there? You know, anyone wants to question yeah. that, I, I, I think. did question after the first game when we got thumped 5-0 against Chelsea <laughs> and I thought, oh, what have we let ourselves yeah. in for? But to be fair, after that, we really held our own, you know? We won yeah. two, drew one and, and lost one, which is... You know, pretty good start because, you know, they haven't done much match fitness out of full 90 minutes at all before they went out there. And that's a bit of a concern this coming Saturday with jet lag coming back. Because I know what it's like coming back to America. I mean, you really suffer, don't you, when you come back from the States with jet lag. And I just hope they're up to, to full fitness levels come Saturday. Well, I've never had a problem with jet lag, but then yeah. I am the concrete donkey. <laughs> <laughs> the, um... That's your new motto. <laughs> Chelsea game, I was really pleased with, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a result. Because that was a very strong Chelsea side. Mm. And the, our performance levels were good. And we, we didn't just defend. We created, we went at them. Mullen was scaring them. Uh, I was really pleased with that as a sort of preparation for the season, to be honest. Um, but I think there's only one of us three that would know for certain but I think that the robin is not a migratory bird. What do you reckon, Neil? Uh, definitely not. Excellent. There you go. So he didn't fly over. That was silly talk. Well, it's the dragon we're talking about, not a robin. Oh, we haven't got a robin anymore, have we? Oh, Mark. No, oh, the, ro the robin's robin. in America anyway. I'd like to see the robin back, yeah, to be honest. The, suit, the suit's in America, isn't it? Have you not seen... Is it? Yeah, Somebody yeah. bought the... Oh. Yeah. The two of them on the pitch on the pushback. Oh, they were oh. the days, I tell you. <laughs> what was his missus called? Rockin' Robin, Tina Turfett, and Rockin' Robinson. It was a friend of mine was the was the guy who used to wear the Rockin' Robinson. Them were the days. Tina Turfett, Rockin' Robinson. I forgot that. Which is which is crazy because you don't give your child the same first name and a different surname, do you? Yeah, Rockin' Robin and Rockin' Robin. Yeah, unless unless Rockin' is the nickname. Unless you're Icelandic. Yeah, of course, could be Icelandic. Yeah, because they're all the son of somebody. Anyway, well, everyone is essentially, apart from McDuff and Macbeth, of course, because he was from his mother's womb and finally ripped. But that's a different story, everybody. How about one of Uncle Griff's bedtime stories? Mm. Uncle Griff's bedtime stories. So, games that had interruptions in them. Wrexham games, that is. Okay. Um, I've got to admit, the first one I've probably mentioned before, Andy Parkinson and I, commentating at Kidderminster on the season that we got promoted, they demolished one of their stands. They had a camera, a camera scaffolding in front of it. It was a very windy day, and the scaffolding was blown onto the pitch. <laughs> Thank God no, the play was on the other side of the pitch, because someone got really badly hurt. Um, but the problem for us was we were live on Wrexham player, 
and we didn't know how long it would be before the game restarted. All the players went off the pitch, and there was a lovely old lady sitting in the row in front of us who... A few cups of tea, did she? Well, no, no, she, she was really, really okay. sweet, but she, she clearly was in her season ticket, seats, because everyone was chatting to her, everyone knew her, the press all knew her, and yet she seemed to think that we were talking to her, not commentating. <laughs> And I, I, it, was, it was a bit unnerving because Andy and I were both well brought boys, you know. Um, and we sort of didn't want to ignore her, but we were commentating. <laughs> and so we tried to frame sort of what we were describing to sound like an answer to her as well. And then she was a godsend when the game stopped because we basically interviewed her about Kidderminster's season and things like that. Brilliant. I don't think she realised that she was on air. I think she just, <laughs> she just chatted to us. What a lovely lady she was. And then the start of the next season, that was at the end of the season, Lee Trundle scored two terrific goals, we got promoted. And then the start of the next season, we were playing at Preston. And again, we had a pause. I was on my own, I think, on this one, so I had to really you know, go out the banjo and everything. Because um, there were the, the, like a, a stall selling chips in the back of the stand and it caught fire. And the, the, the game was going on, and suddenly all this smoke was coming across the pitch. You're thinking, ooh, this doesn't look healthy, does it? Um, so, yeah, again, they had to evacuate the players. They put the fire out, a fire brigade game, put it out, and Brilliant. the game resumed. And uh, speaking of Kidderminster and delays, it was also the ghost goal, uh, oh, wow. which maybe wasn't a huge delay, but that was, that was an interesting one, wasn't it? Explain the ghost goal. The ghost goal, um, we... We were getting absolutely battered by Kidderminster yeah. and then go and score a, a goal a little bit on the break. Mm. Uh, but the ball went through the net. So it went in, it was in, but it was right next to the post. And there was that little bit of like just the net and it just slightly broken and it had gone through. Um, the ref didn't believe it, it had gone in because in fairness, you're from a distance and you see the ball not in the back of the net. Yeah. You're not going to believe the ball's gone into the back of the net. But Kidderminster's stand, uh, away stand, is very close to the goal. So everybody saw that ball mm. travel through, <laughs> past the post, and in, and then out of the net. <laughs> and there was just a bit of a delay while she consulted with her, her officials while the Wrexham crowd were going absolutely bleeding mental behind the goal. There's some viral clips of it online, definitely worth a look. Uh, and I think at one point a, a bloke even got onto the pitch and lied down across the, the goal line to stop <laughs> stop play from carrying on whilst everyone was trying to convince the, the ref that the ball has gone in. <laughs> and my recollection as well, because I was commentating on it, was I was right behind Chislevich when he hit the shot. So I could see it went in. Um, and what, I, I, you know, the whole Wrexham team were chasing the referee around. And like I said, she just didn't have the right angle. So she just couldn't see that it had gone in. So naturally thought it hadn't. And, and what really irked me when it all settled down was that the fourth official was directly in line with my view of the shot. So I strongly suspect the fourth official could see it went in. And also, okay, maybe that's supposition, but she went to the linesman on the far side and was consulted. Obviously, that linesman didn't have a clue. And then eventually, after all this hassle, she came over to the other side to consult the fourth official. And he told her, obviously, it was a goal because she then gave a goal. Why didn't Did she, she not find the hole in the net? She's not going to look for it. Um, I can't remember, but okay. I mean, uh, the fact is, the fact of a hole in the net doesn't prove the ball went through it, does it, I suppose? But the I thing is, well, my, my issue with the fourth official is that they did have the walkie-talkies there, yeah. and he clearly hasn't said, oh, I saw what happened, until she's actually Spoke gone in the wrong the direction, spoken mm. to people, come back, by which time she's copped a lot of sticks from the Wrexham players, 
understandably, and, you know, and then actually the blokes said, yeah, I saw it. The fans, and then, of course, what happens is, well, he got a job, he got the role of Boise on Only Fools and Horses, obviously, <laughs> Marlene. Um, and then the whole Kidderminster team chased her around for a like, bit, didn't they? It's like, it's like <laughs> Benny Hill. That sounds yeah. a bit more like the green, green grass, Mark. That. That's the same character. I know, but th that's how he sounded like. But it, that's because he was playing the same I character. I know, but you said only fools and horses, but he sounded just like the green, green grass. I'm sorry. It's the same actor playing the same character. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. With, the, with the same <laughs> vocal cords. <laughs> Morning. <laughs> Uh, I don't know whether the title of this one should be Marlene, Pig Oil, or Thanks to Bank Street Social. Yeah, uh, yeah. thanks to Bank Street <laughs> Social for hosting us. To Bank Street Social for, for hosting us. But speaking of Boise, we've just signed a player with the nickname Boise, isn't he? I'm sure uh -huh. we'll, yeah, Will, Will Boyle. Is his nickname Boise? Sure then, his nickname right. Boise. Why? We, well, Boyle, Boise, it's quite. Oh, that's weak, isn't it? It's, I mean, footballers' nicknames are very rarely inventive, are they, when other footballers give them. Um, <laughs> uh, our only signing of the summer, though. Yeah. How, how do we so feel far? about it? So far, yes. Oh, yeah. Damn. So far, because this is going to have to be edited before it goes out, and we may sign someone before then. We may not. So, so far, as far as we know, the only signing. Let's just be silent for a couple of seconds so that we can insert a voice clip. So <laughs> I just go... And, of course, Rex, yes, you, you do that to the camera. And then we'll have a voice clip saying, and of course, <laughs> Rexham bought Luis Suarez. <laughs> um, which, which Rexham player can predict the behaviour of kettles? <sighs> Will Boyle. Yeah. Oh, God. Wow. But, you know, <laughs> did, we, did we need to add many players to a squad that is already yeah. a great squad? No, yeah, we don't. Yeah. As, long, as long as you don't I, lose I, any. And I think that's what is great about Parkinson. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking of Paul Mullins sitting in Rob McElhenney's house watching that. <laughs> we, we skipped the big part of American tour, so there we go. Um, you know, I didn't think we had to sign many players anyway, because we've got such a good squad already. Um, and Parkinson is very, I wouldn't say cheesy, but he's very, you know, he picks the right players, he's going to fit into the squad. Astute. Very astute, in, yeah. I mean, he's not one to go out and sign four or five new signings, hoping they're going to fit in the squad. He, I think they look in depth at their player. You know, everybody's come to Wrexham has really settled into the squad, yeah. become part of the squad, and got behind. You know, really enjoyed playing there. And I think that's why we haven't signed you know three or four players. And you know, because we got promoted, I'm sure there's people out there he may look at and want silly money to come to Wrexham, which, which again, you, you turn them down. Yeah. So. And he comes having played with Tozer before, so you yep. know the, the research has been done there. <coughs> he scored something like eight goals, was it, off Tozer throw-ins? Whether they were all off Tozer throw-ins, I'm not sure. But I'm sure he's got eight goals in the season they played with each other. He's essentially coming in to replace Harry Lennon, although I will, you know, I'd imagine he'll get a lot more starts than Lennon did. And yeah, good signing all round, I think, isn't it? I, I think we probably do. I don't think he's a Lennon replacement personally, insofar as you know, we're looking for that. I think it's more he's a player that Parkinson feels can bring added Add quality. Replacing possibly have. the wrong word, he feels that yeah. gap, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, is Tony Cliff injured at the moment as well, is he? Tony Cliff injured? Yes. But it leaves but, us in that amazing situation of if we say that Toza is captain or you know, he's, he's got to pay mm -hmm. as a central play in the back three, yeah. that Boyle is brought in as an upgrade, so he plays left side of the back three. You've got 
you know, O'Connell and Sunnycliffe and Clueth and Hayden, and Hayden all fighting yep. for one place. Yep. Crazy. Wow, yeah. absolutely yeah. crazy. I mean, it was, it was good to see going back to America, Hayden scoring again, you know, from a, mm. a set piece with a head on the back post. You know, we missed that so much when he got injured last season, at the end of last season. Yeah. What he was on, like a, 11 goals when he got injured, which was a fantastic score, yeah. you know. 11 in February. Yeah, in February, for a centre-back, centre which is nuts, you know. Crazy, isn't it? Absolutely, you know, and, and hopefully he's on fire this season because he scored some... He was the one player from, you know, from... And we, we, you know, when we lost him, we lost the effectiveness of that long Cleveland Yeah, and I, and I think He was the player that would always get his head because he's arrived late in the box or, and, he, and he gets so much height, you know, when he jumps off that ground and, and he scored so many goals from the long throw-ins and... And Good team working together again. For, for me, Ollie Palmer's effectiveness from from throw-ins and corners mm -hmm. went down when Hayden uh, was injured, just yeah. because he was being double marked instead of Hayden being double yeah. marked. Correct, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was good for Boyle, Boyle, Doyle, <laughs> Boyle, to sign before they flew out to America, so he could join the squad yeah, out in America, yeah, you know, yeah. and get that that training and, and the, the, the match games with with the, the current squad. So, I mean, he signed, you know, and I think he had a good. Good time out there and a good tour with, with the lads yeah. in, in, in America. You know, you're mentioning the astute recruitment mm -hmm. of Parkinson. Mm -hmm. Certainly in uh, Richard Sutcliffe's interview with him in the Athletic, Boyle came over extremely well and came over as somebody who was absolutely thrilled to be with us, you know. Yeah. Especially when you think you're signing the player who was playing in the championship, you know. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, one one negative from the US tour that also sort of links into to potential transfers is uh, the injury to Paul Mullin. Um, you know, it, it it doesn't take a uh, rocket surgeon to realise. Rocket uh, surgeon. <laughs> to, I've never heard of a rocket surgeon. Have you? No, no. Remember when Apollo thirteen sprained its ankle? <laughs> yeah. Rocket scientist, you mean? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 I know, I know what you mean. on purpose, <laughs> for yeah. once. I know. Rocket, yeah, 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 rocket surgeon, brain scientist, whatever you want to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, pig technician. <laughs> <laughs> no, pig whisperer. Pig whisperer, yeah. doesn't, doesn't take a pig surgeon to realise that, uh, you know, Mullen is one of our... Oh. No, he's, he's our most important player, is he? Let's, let's be let's Oh, be definitely you know, so. We, we can yeah. all try and downplay his... his uh, or up, up he's a goal machine. Player. He is. He is our talisman. He's our most important player. So to lose him for any amount of games is detrimental. Although I'm, I believe that it's not quite as bad as first feared. The only main problem is that he, because of the nature of the injury, can't fly until ten days, wasn't it? Something? Yeah. So I, I refuse to believe that Paul Mullen can't fly. I think that man can do anything. Yeah. He just hop on the back of Rex the Dragon and. Get a lift We're home. Get a lift home, yeah. Yeah, just fly at low, you know, sea level. You'll be fine, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah. How many times have to tell me robins do not migrate? We're talking about a dragon. I'm trying to save face here. You tell her a little bit uh, out of practice. It's been, it's been, oh, that's nice, it's it? been a lot no, of preseason, hasn't yeah. it? It is going to be a I'll stand talking sensibly no. if you want. <laughs> if that's what the people want. Hopefully it I won't. don't think they do, that's it. No, yeah, that's the thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be a miss for the first couple of games. You know, we've got Dolby, we've got Palmer. We got, I can't remember the, the lab because he didn't even, Waters, yeah, he didn't even play a game for us during the season, did he? We came on as a sub in the second half of the yeah. last match, didn't he? That was it. Uh, yeah. And I have seen very little of him, of his ability, whatever. So we, we've got the options here, but you could always guarantee with Mullen he was going to score a goal, couldn't you? So yeah. he, he, he wasn't a goal sitter, he wasn't sitting in the six yard box. 
he created his own goals, as we saw against Bourne Wood. The two goals he scored against Bourne Wood when we gained promotion was just sublime. Yeah. Absolute top yeah. draw. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a big miss, but I think we've got the players in the squad who are actually, you know, and I'm sure Parkin's been working on that since they've got back from the States to, you know, to get the, 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 the new front two working together. You know, I'm, I'm sure it'll be Mike Palmer and Dolby starting, I would have thought, yeah. on Saturday. I'm glad you said that because, you know, I think people want to pigeonhole players too much, you know, sort of like Mullin and then who's his partner, Palmer or Dolby. I don't see why they can't work no. together as a Correct. pair. Yeah. No. Dolby's more mobile, although, I, I, you know, having said that, Palmer will drift around to good areas, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the, neither of them are real sort of fixed points target men. Uh, you know, they're both capable of playing as a pair, I think, and playing off each other. You can um, definitely make a case that Palmer's better with his feet than he is in the air as well. I yeah, yeah. you know, he's fantastic with his feet. Um, yeah. He's a player that before he signed for Wrexham was playing in League One and he was Wimbledon's top scorer, so he, he, you know, he's got that ability and there's no reason why, well, a battering ram is good for breaking down into a door, but two battering rams... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hell of a door. Yeah. Uh, Dolby came on leaps and bounds last season, yeah, didn't he? Did, he? Didn't his he? confidence yeah. grew, you know, he scored on the tour in America, which will do his confidence mm -hmm. no end of good. Uh, and I think he's, he's a decent player, you know? Yeah. Real decent player. Well, and Parkinson I, implied, didn't he, that he would look for another striker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, okay, if you want to fill out the ranks, fair enough. Mm -hmm. But when people talk about a Mullen replacement, you can't replace Mullen. You're not no, going no, to be no, able to no, bring in a player. No, well, if you are bringing a player in of that quality, then you're going to have to guarantee him a regular place. Yeah, um, they don't come cheap. And clubs don't want to let go of players like Perhaps that. he's so knocking it's... on Notts County's door. I don't, we don't know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but certainly, as well as um, the two big lads, I think Waters is a good player. Mm -hmm. I thought he, was, he looked very lively in America. And, you know, I think he's got something about him. He's not going to score as many goals as Mullin, but he's got good movements and, he, and yeah. he holds the ball up pretty well. He was obviously brought in for a reason, you know. Yeah. Parky saw yeah. something in him which he could add to the team and bring to the team. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we may see that in the next, you know, three or four games while Mullin's out. But fair play to Mullen, he's been well looked after in America, isn't he? He's been uh, yeah, yeah. staying with, uh, with Rob. Yeah, having his pillows plumped up. I'm sure he had his pillows plumped up. <laughs> I mean, he's a Waters as well. I mean, he's... I'm sure maybe foremost in Barnson's mind is in the EFL, you have seven subs. So we need a bit more depth in that sense. Uh -huh. But, you know, you, you bring him in and in this sort of situation, you give him the chance. It's why you have depth, yeah. isn't it? You don't yeah. buy players for the, the sake of just... No. Saying, oh, we, we need squad depth for them. We need to use the squad yeah. depth now so that... You know, that's, uh, one, one you know, negative is players aren't going to come and sit on the bench or wanting to come and sit on the no. bench. They want to come and play in the team, you know, but... You know, that, that's the scenario we've got, and it's a, it's a good, you know, good situation to be in. I'm not going to be wrong, bringing in a good striker. I'm, I'm never going to argue against Keep that. Keep on the toes. But we've also got Jay Pickerstaff, yeah, who yeah. I think his rivals get loaned out this season. Altrigan might mess that with low, out of it. So yeah, last man, I saw him against Altrigan when we played him in the, in the Cup game, and I thought he was, you know, he's going to be a special player as well. He's a good player, he's a good player on the ball. He knows where the goal is, so yeah, got him to... You know, lean back on too. So fantastic opportunity for Bickerstaff to actually put himself in the, the shop window for the loan market. You know, yeah. the likelihood is that he'd probably go to a national league team. You'd, you'd expect because we're not going to loan someone to another league two team, so it's national league downwards. 
those clubs aren't bound by the same transfer window as us, so if they want that's to loan him, but then yeah. he, can, he can stay but with us until Mullins fully fit and he, then move on, can't he? If that's the... But you we're forgetting we've actually got a reserves team now as well. So, you know, it's not as he's not missing out on games, he's just not miss, you know, he's missing out on first team games. But yeah, it's so important having that reserve team, it is, yeah. reserve league now, and, and then players getting a match week in, week out, you know, against decent quality opposition as well. So, uh, you know, would he want to go out on loan, you know? I mean, I think so. You know, yeah, I think we've still got Tom O'Connor at Wrexham, and you know, he, was, he was linked to going to Coventry. And yeah, that's a different stage of career, isn't it? Oh, and, I, I know. Needs either to develop or to be in the shop window for yeah, a while. We, we don't need yeah. to, to move anybody out anymore. You know, years ago, maybe not, we, not we'd have way, to. No, no, not at all. No, I, I think loaning him out in terms of developing him. Oh, he's already scoring for the reserves pre-season. But as well. would he would he develop more with a national league team than he would under the guidance of the, the coaching staff we've got here at Wrexham playing the reserve team? It needs yeah. to be the right I, team, yeah, the right club. Because mm. I mean, two, yeah. you know, the, the squad and the club are two different things, aren't they? And yeah. he, he needs to be going under the guise of you're going to play at least 20 to 30 games a season, yeah. not just going to sit on somebody else's bench. Because if he does that, Correct. it's no it's point in going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he goes to, let's say, a club like Gateshead, who play quite nice football, even though they're a, a bit lower down, and he's going to play every every week, then yeah, <coughs> I, think, yeah. I think he should. But if he's not going to, you're right, it's, it's pointless, really. And it's a good question as well. Will he develop more moving on, on loan, or no. you know, having the coaches? And, and um, the quality playing staff we've got here at Wrexham, you know? True. Yeah. But I, I, th- I think that it's that. Like I said about the players Thorns has brought in, mm. it's a toughening up process, and I think yeah, possibly having, yeah. having a well, session at national league level and yeah. playing regularly look, would do the world good for him. Won't you get that in the, in the reserve it. team? See him? When you get that in the reserve team, this this state, it's not the same, is it? Yeah, state, it's you, you play you play him for let's say Gateshead or Altrincham. They have to be successful to either but, aim for for playoffs maybe or or but, or avoid relegation. If you, you play were, the reserve league, it is just a runaround, isn't it? If, if you were a Wrexham player, would you want to go now to the likes of Gateshead or Altrincham to go out on loan? No, no, no you, you might not want to go, but you might also realise it's your yeah, it's yeah. best path. To get first-team football, yeah. maybe, yeah. Mm. It's, it, it's, it's, not, I, it's not a straightforward answer. Oh, gosh, no, no not at all. Um, you, you, you never know. He, the, the chances are, with the time frame we've got now, he's probably going to sit on the bench on Saturday and he might come on and... and Back and race like Elliot Lee did last year. So. It's a five subs to come on. Seven. Oh, no. oh, to come on. Yeah. Seven on the bench, five to come on. I think, yeah. 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 So that would so, be interesting as well. I think, yeah. yeah. Well, we missed the big elephant in the room when we skipped past Mullins' uh, injury, how he got his injury in America. So um, we are going to, rather than be non-experts and give a non-expert opinion, uh, after this is going to be uh, an opinion from Mike the Ref. Hello and welcome to Mike the Ref's contribution to Dragonheart. A little bit of background, I am back in Wrexham and I help out at an annual sanctuary. So I am now doing this for Mark Griffiths Leader Esquire in our goat sanctuary. As you can see, goats behind us, I call them Mullin, Foster and Lee. So I've been asked to look at the challenges and the red card in the Wrexham versus Manchester United game at the Snapdragon Stadium, San Diego. So what happened? We'll start with the second one first, the easiest one. 
So another look at the goats. Challenge on cannon by Gore. It was late, it was a red card. Let's get to the point. Why was it a red card? Well, United players gone in, the studs up at speed and took the players bottom of the ankle. Referee, when you look at it, was bending down in a cracking position and a good view, red card. And the players' reactions were a little bit telltale there. You could see that um, Gups are moving. Jordan Davis wasn't too happy with it and a few other players. So a straight red card. The law states a serious foul play. If it is a fast tackle with the studs up it, and it hits the player and the player has lost an element of control, you should up, oh, Gups are fighting. You should have that should be a red card. So no issues with that. As I say, the referee was perfectly positioned. Now the second one, the Mullin challenge. Tough one. Always, always, always difficult as a referee. So I'm gonna look at this from the laws of the game refereeing perspective. I think it would be difficult to red card the United keeper for that. The ball's gone up, ball, ball's come through, the keeper's come off his line, why he needs to be off his line there. It's a decision for for them. Referees, remember, aren't coaches. Um, there to apply and look at the laws of the game. Referee would probably have a straight angle. So we're probably looking straight at it. So probably not the best angle. Assistant referee would be looking, we following the ball. Um, when you look, Mullin and turn slightly towards to, the assistant referee on that side, so the assistant referee probably wouldn't have a great view. So what's happened is, ball's come over, Mullin's gone to try and head the ball on, keeper's come, he looks like he's dropped his hands. So as he dropped his hands to go into Mullin's chest to, to foul, because he knew if Mullin had nodded the ball around him, he would be through on goal. Or as he just come in, you see Mullin come, nod the ball, He's lost, lost his footing and then gone in and mistimed the challenge. From a refereeing point of view, that one hit, I would say, tough decision, no red card. Looking back at the footage, you could argue the keeper dropped his hands and it could be violent conduct. However, I think you're clutching at straws. So I think Mullin was unlucky. The keeper has probably committed himself unnecessarily. However, the laws of the game were applied correctly there. And unfortunately, um, I would be, if I was assessing that, I would be supporting the referee in the actions that he took on that day, even on review. Because you've got to look at the referee's position, the speed of the challenge, and what chance has the referee got of picking up any violent conduct there, especially when it's low down into the chest. Keeper was cute. Mullin probably didn't expect it. A uh, combination of both has caused, caused the injury. So let's end on a high. Let's look at some, some more goats. So there they are. Mullin, the goat, as you can see, is fit and well in its pen. So let's look forward to the new season and uh, probably some more Dragon Heart information from the Animal Sanctuary here in Bradley. Follow me on Twitter, Mike the Ref or Mike the Ref 1974. I'll put a link on for this wonderful place 
if anybody needs to feel the need to give any donations to our wonderful goats and other animals. I'm Mike the Ref and this is Dragonheart. We have three lovely new kits with a lot of characters that have just been released. Um, if you want to use those segues, feel free to cut or not cut, man. The home <laughs> kit! The home kit! What do we think? Home, away, fur kit? I, I really like the home kit. It's just spoiled by something, but I'm not going to mention it. But yeah, I really like the home kit. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> I, I, I love all three kits, and you can purchase them now online at Red <laughs> AFC. Uh, uh, official club can we not store. Being partial on this because we're, you know, we're. Okay, so right, <laughs> we're all in agreement that all three kits are amazing, and you should purchase them right now. But if you of have course. to choose one kit to purchase, which would you choose, Neil? The red one, definitely. Are, are you? I just don't like dark colours, you know. I'm not a, okay. a grey or a black now. But my mum is in this boat. Are you like a home kit only sort of person? No, 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 no. I've yeah. got I've got the green away kit from last season. I've had the blue away kit, so yeah. it's just black. You're not you're not keeping nah. black kits, Neil. No, nah, not at all. I, I'm going to completely go 180 on that opinion, and I absolutely love the black kit. And it's nice that we're back in the football league. The, the club took a bit of a gamble producing a black kit because they're not allowed in the national league, are they? Um, although we'd probably be okay wearing them in cup competitions, but that black kit is a thing of beauty in my eyes. Love it. How about you, Mark? Well, funny you should ask, but as the Gokwan of football, <laughs> at the, I, I'm going to say it's something. It's a nice comparison, actually. It's a nice comparison, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I you just need I to hire your voice tone a little bit, though. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I'll work on it while you're oiling your pig. <laughs> I don't, need to, I don't need to work on that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you're an expert. You've got plenty of experience. I'm an expert pig oiler. Don't call you Neil the pig greaser for no reason. Do they? No, <laughs> grease and oil are two different things. Okay. Yeah, 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 totally different. You grease a pig up when you have a competition for catch a greasy pig. <laughs> Oiling a pig is oiling them to, to make them look beautiful when you show them in a show. That field, you will have to send yeah. those pictures of, of you, your oily pigs, exactly. or greasing up your pigs, and, and, and it happens a lot in America, you know, they, they grease up the pigs, and the first one who can catch a greasy pig is a winner, you know. This was not a conversation I was expecting. Well, you keep bringing up greasy pigs. probably wasn't the answer you expected. No. Which kit do you like? No. And yet there it is. The red one and the black one, I think, look a lot nicer in real life than in photographs, I'll say that. Yes. When I first saw the red one, I thought, well, oh, it's not that exciting, but once I actually saw it in the wild, I thought, well, that's a nice shirt. Um, probably wasn't the answer you expected to love which kept for the right most of them. I can't like it. See, now, I, I, was, I wasn't too sure on it at first, but then when I saw the the clips from the game when they played in it, mm. the, the green shorts and the green socks going with it, it made it look a lot classier. Yeah. I, I am just, I got the white shirt on the way when it, when it eventually gets uh, actually sold to the public. Have you asked Father uh, Christmas for it, have you? No, <laughs> no the pre-order was, was a birthday present. Ah, right, okay. Um, 
oh yeah, no, Father Christmas would have sorted that out for me as well, wouldn't it? Damn it, I could have, I could have had my birthday present with something else and gone that route. Go. Um, it's, 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 it's like a bebop Ajax shirt. Yeah. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I know I like it. It's, gro it's grown on me. I wasn't too sure. If I like the others as well, to be yeah. fair. But uh, yeah, I like that one. It's a bit different. Yeah. And it's, it's just nice for us to have kits that, that have got some thought into it. So, you know, the black kit, it's got the, it's the whole coal heritage, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit of a callback. Is that the way they brought the black kit out, is it? The, 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 the pattern at the bottom of the black kicks is it's got oh, right. a slightly grey yeah, yeah. Uh, tone to it is, is apparently inspired by oh. our coal mining history. Um, the home kit has got a collar that I've not really seen as ever have before, so that's quite unique. And the, and the third shirt, we've had a lot of white kits, we've had a lot of white with a bit of... Have we, have we had much white with green? We had the, the shirt, the last third kit with mm. white and green, but it's completely different to it somehow, even yeah. though... It's the same colour scheme, so yeah, we, they, a lot of thought's been put into it. I have been Bill, this is Neil, this is Mark, and this has been Dragonheart. I'm Gareth Owen, and this is Dragonheart.